Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of Melanin Medicine. And today I wanted to talk about a few handy tips I have mastered along the way uh, during my travels. Um, I guess over the last three or so years, I've kind of become, I don't know, call it an avid traveler, but um, yeah, I find myself leaving the confines of my city a lot and having just landed from okay not just landed but having come from um cape town last week i thought it would be really cool just to share some tips that i've learned along the way uh during my travels so yeah let me get straight into it so first up I think sometimes it's difficult to determine where it is that you want to travel to. And for me, the logic that I use when I decide that I want to travel um, is based on different things. Uh, first up, I try to look for cheap deals to like cool countries. And sometimes this is uh, precipitated by uh, deals that I'm sent for. Like, for example... By virtue of the fact that I've ever paid for my KQ flight via M-Pesa, I usually get the SMS blasts. So, yeah, the SMS blasts and I also get the email alerts as well. So, like, currently, um, they have a Valentine's sale because they're having a birthday offer. And they have very good deals at the moment. Like, for example, a flight from Nairobi to Dubai is 38,000. And I remember last year in January, I went to Dubai, I spent about 60,000 for my return flight. So I think that's almost half, it's close to half or like 40% off, which I thought was a good deal. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. And then also the flight from Nairobi to JFK, New York currently is going for 87,000. And usually the norm is like about 98,000 thereabouts so yeah what i usually do is just sift through the deals and think of like certain locations uh where i can go um so like for example i have a five years visa uh for the states my visa is expiring on in 2022 so usually i've been looking i've been trying to get a good deal for america but i haven't yet found one because the last time that i went there was the first time i got the visa which was in not the first time, but okay, it's my second visa, my second American visa. But the first time I went with this current five-year visa was in 2017. And I, I remember I did um, New York, I did Washington, D.C., and I did Boston. So basically, whenever I go there, it's I plan my trips based on the weather and secondly, based on people who I know who live there. So I visit basically my family and my friends and my loved ones and then third another criteria that i use to travel somewhere is events that i have um events that i have been wanting to go for so like concerts and festivals so like for example we went to josie last december like i mentioned to attend afropunk uh, this year, I'm trying to debate where to go. A couple of my friends are going for Afro Nation in Portugal in July. Um, there's Summer Jam in Germany. I saw there's this other funny concert called the Broccoli Festival. I know there's Tomorrowland, though I think I'm a bit late for that. So those are kind of like the bases that I use to decide where it is that I want to travel if my travel is self-sponsored. 
and then um <clears throat> so let's say uh so once you decide what type of trip that you want to go for it's important to apply for your visas early okay not too early that you know they'll give you um visas uh for a period that you're not ready for but like give it maybe like three weeks to be on the safe side yeah because some some take about seven to 14 business days to process your visas uh personally when i think about my visa experience uh my worst experience was the slovakian embassy when i was uh graduating i when i cleared my masters my graduation ceremony was in the czech republic and this was in 2017 so in kenya there's no czech there's 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 a czech embassy but there's no Czech visa office. So back in the day, it used to be the Republic of Czechoslovakia. So basically when the two countries split up, uh, Slovakia was the one that still had the power to issue visas. So I had to go get my visa from the embassy of Slovakia. And I had the worst experience. I wouldn't even lie. I think I went to that embassy about three times. I spent almost like 15,000 shillings trying to get a visa. And then every time I went there, I was just given excuse after excuse. Like, for for example, the Republic of Czech, the Czech Republic requires the person inviting you to go to the immigration office in their country and to sign a form indicating, I think, that you visit there or something like that. And they require a letter from the cops. It's it's just like a whole complicated process. And then, you know, I think the odds were just stacked against me. I think that trip was just not meant to be. So eventually I just like pulled out and I was just like, it's not worth the trouble that I was going through. And then also I had, you know, my time ran out. So I decided that's when I decided I was just like, fuck this. Let me go to America. And the process of getting my American visa was super easy. I went there on a Tuesday. So what usually happens, you have to apply for it online and you pay for everything. They have a special size of passport photographs that you have to take, which are available in most um, photo studios. If you go and tell them that you want a passport photo to apply for an American visa, and all they require is just the regular things, the statements, a letter from your employer, the reason why you're going there, an itinerary. I went on a Tuesday and by Thursday I had my visa, which was like super fast. And I went and collected it from DHL in uh, just right next to my office. So it was such a simple process. And yeah, so I think the American visa process for me is one of my, my good ones. Even though I think the worst part about it, though, is that there are quite a number of people who apply for these visas. So you really queue. So it's something that you require to take like half a day and to sort out. Also, they don't have parking, so don't go there. Another uh, visa center that I really liked, I enjoyed the experience there, was the Spanish embassy. There's a lot of parking. It doesn't feel like you're in a quote-unquote government office it's quite comfortable um you get to have a one-on-one experience with with the people who are processing your visa so i really like that um so yeah i've just realized i'm hoping this is not gonna like affect my visa (laughs) my visa application status but yeah it's just important to know like 
make sure when you're going to a country, just do your research and find out about the process of getting getting the visa to that country. Um, so now you've gotten your visa and you're good to go. Um, another tip that I find on the day of my travel, I like to check in online in advance. I don't like going to check in in the airport. Um, if you've, if you, sorry, I just need to take a step back. Um, there are two things. Sometimes when it comes to booking my flights for my trips, it's either one, I use a travel agent if I know they have, um, if I know they can get me a good deal. So what I realized when these flights have uh, flight offers, sometimes it's really difficult to get a cheap flight because most of them are snagged by travel agents because they know that these offers are coming up. So what they do is go and book in bulk. So if you find you want to get a good deal and you're not able to find it in uh, an airline's website directly, um, I'd advise you to get a travel agent because they can really, really help you a lot. Like I remember last year we went to went to Dubai and, I, and, and we used a travel agent and they're even the ones who helped us get the visa um same as last year again when we went to Josie when a group of us who were seven of us our travel agent uh, really helped when it came to advising us on how to prepare for the trip she also checked us in um both times when we were traveling to our destination and when we were coming back which really saved saved you some time so sometimes using a travel agent um can be very convenient so Especially when you're traveling in a group, a travel agent can ensure that you all sit together, which is quite nice. Because sometimes, you know, you can all be going on a trip and then you find that your seat sitting arrangement is kind of like sparsely arranged or something of the sort. So, yeah, um, you can use a travel agent or you can choose to check in early. Um, so something that I learned the hard way when I went to Cape Town um, recently was um, finding out about the duty-free rules. So I'm not really sure where this information is found, but let me just tell you my story. So I went to, I checked in online. I got to the JKIA quite early and I went into duty-free and simply lost my mind because I found Gordon's pink gin. And I mentioned before I was drinking Bailey's uh, salted caramel. And I was just like, I have to buy these things now. So I bought I bought those two, <clears throat> two bottles of liquor, which were about almost 1.5 liters. And then when I landed in Cape Town, I, I went to their duty-free shop again when I landed. And they were having another gin sale. So I ended up buying another bottle of gin. So now what I did, the, the where I went wrong was the fact that now I had on my trolley two different bags of duty-free luggage, packages, whatever. And then I didn't, I didn't put any, like I, sh what I should have done was to put one of the bags in my hand luggage. So what happened was I wasted a lot of time in the duty-free for Cape Town when I landed so by the time I was going through customs I was going there alone and a lot of attention that means the entire like the team there were really idle and I was like the only person passing so what ended up happening is they saw my 
three my they saw my two duty-free bags and realized i was carrying a lot of liquor and apparently um in south africa you're only allowed one liter of hard liquor from duty free so i had to pay duty for the bottles that i bought which was the absolute worst this has never happened to me before so of course this is a lesson that i learned the hard way i think um yeah so for me next time i'll be smarter if i'm at all wilding out in duty free it's either i put the stuff in my luggage or i just be patient and go and shop in the streets without spending all my money in the airport <laughs> um yeah um yeah um so another tip another tip <clears throat> which i find quite quite handy is when you're at the airport before you leave i think it's very before you leave sorry the the airport that you've landed in your destination um look for the predominant mobile operator so like <clears throat> for me because because my line here because my line here is safaricom if i travel to a country like uh let's say tanzania or south africa um the roaming partner is usually vodacom or vodafone so i'll find myself buying a line from either of those operators um if it's a country which i'm not really familiar with to be honest i'll just pick the nearest the nearest shop and buy a line from there <clears throat> um they usually just require your passport for kyc purposes and then you can buy your airtime there and find out how much they charge let's say um per mb or per gb and find out about that and then what i usually do i have an alternate line i put the the new sim card in my alternate line and then i don't interfere with my main line because i just i to be honest i just love being off the grid so i only use my phone when there's wi-fi and i most times don't like switching on roaming this is just me going off the grid and just enjoying my time away so i prefer to use the other line because no one ever uses that number so if i have to use that phone i usually have particular people who have that whatsapp number and then i can communicate to them whenever i need to and i find this is quite quite convenient and then also uber is in so many countries and i usually ensure that by the time i'm landing in a foreign country i have money in my credit card so that i don't need to spend cash on cab fare and speaking of money um sometimes depending on your country i think it's a really good idea to have some cash with you um that you're exchanging in advance back home before you travel just to make sure that you don't have any trouble or you don't have yeah you don't have any trouble maybe finding a bank or suffer from exchange rates and stuff like that um so what i usually do i have i get some cash i also have a prepaid card that i load some money into and then of course i have my debit card and then i have my credit card so i just make sure i'm always strapped and then i find a way to also spread out um these different forms of currency so like for example i won't <clears throat> for example when i have cash i don't like walking around with all the cash so i sometimes i leave it um whether it's like putting it in the safe where i'm staying or like 
leaving it in my suitcase or something of the sort just you know as a safe haven just like emergency cash and then with regards to my my cards sometimes i do withdraw from atms in my my destination country but sometimes it's important to check with your bank to see whether they actually allow allow you to withdraw from foreign ATMs. I remember last year when I was in Dubai, I had no idea that they had actually stopped allowing people to withdraw cash from foreign ATMs. So what happened was my card was swallowed and was actually quite horrible. But somehow I managed because I still had my credit card and then I'm active, like I'm activated for online and mobile banking. So I was able to transfer some funds and not just, you know, get stuck without money. So just be, make sure you, you liaise with like your relationship manager from your bank and find out, you know, how you can access your money and find a way to spread it out so that in, in case, for example, you, you lose your wallet or you lose your luggage, you're not stranded in a foreign country. So another thing, um, when it comes to transport, apart from I mentioned Uber already, uh, find out about public transport in the area that you're going to. So like, for example, um, in America, in, okay, in New York specifically, they have the subway. Um, in, in London, they have the underground. <clears throat> the underground trains and for these all you need to do is to pay for a prepaid card and then you're able to like swipe it's like an nfc card and you swipe to get to gain access into the station so that you can travel to different destinations and what i really like about this two forms of travel the subway and the underground underground trains is that Google in those countries is quite advanced. So it's very easy to tell when you go to Google Maps, you can put in your destination and they are able to tell you the different stops that you need to go to in order to get to your destination. So it's quite accurate. All you need to do is just to pay attention when you're in these trains to ensure that you don't miss any of your stops. So it's quite easy to learn and <clears throat> yeah, just simply pay attention and just follow what Google Maps say. Um, when it comes to accommodation, um, I usually use two, no, three options. So one, of course, if you're visiting someone, convince them to crash in their, in their crib and just be a good host, like carry something small, like a small token of appreciation to give your host, make sure that you're not sloppy and you're not untidy contribute to the shopping of the house or even shop and you know do it as a as a token of, the, of appreciation to your host um and yeah just make sure it, you're not inconveniencing the people who are hosting you uh i also use booking.com i find it quite convenient i think they also have some good deals so why i like it is because i can i specifically look for offers whereby i can book and pay once i get to let's say the hotel i'm not a fan of paying in advance but sometimes it depends on the countries that you go that you go to or the hotels that you select because there are some that have a no cancellation policy for example there's some who tell you you have to pay immediately so always be on the lookout to find out the terms and conditions of the place that you're booking 
Um, secondly, I found some quite affordable deals. Like uh, in 2018, I went to London for about a week and I got a budget hotel that costed about 40000 for the whole seven days. Have I said seven days? Yeah, for the whole seven days, which wasn't bad at all. Um, in Cape Town, I used Booking.com again and I got um, a hotel where I spent about 25000 for five nights which I thought was not, you know, not too bad. And then Airbnb is also good. Uh, when we were in Josie in December, we got this very lovely house that had the loveliest garden, a swimming pool. It was huge, lovely kitchen. I think we had five bedrooms. The host was good. It was a nice, it, it was in a nice location. So yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend Airbnb depending on where you're going and depending on how many people you were. So we were seven and it just made sense for us to get one house instead of, you know, booking different hotel rooms and, you know, not having the privacy of hanging out together, quote unquote, as a family, as <laughs> Jason would told me. <laughs> so yeah, Airbnb is really good if you're traveling as a group. So another thing when it comes to accommodation is when I use booking.com, I don't usually get hotels that have like bed and breakfast or full board or half board. So what I usually do, I just pay for my accommodation, which is why I guess it ends up becoming more affordable. And I like it because um, I usually end up sleeping late, meaning I wake up in the morning and most hotels, if not all, serve breakfast till about 10 30 or 11 and i don't want to be in a hurry to wake up simply because i've paid for breakfast and i don't want to miss it so what i usually do is that um i wake up on my own free time i get ready on my own field time and then i make sure wherever i go i have one big heavy meal that will carry me through the day um, of course, if I'm gonna like wild out at night, I can maybe have dinner depending on what you know the plan is. But that's what I usually like, and and it's not something that I struggle with because I'm gonna have like a nice brunch, or you know, I to be honest, I go to places to try out food, and I have to find out like where's Five Guys. I want to go to my Donald's. I'm in love with Cheesecake Factory. If you ever go to America or if you go to Dubai Mall, please go to Cheesecake Factory. Their food is absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, I look I look for those type of places, and then it's very easy to find places to to have good meals. Cause a very handy tip I discovered one day when I was bored. I was in Tanzania and I was trying to figure out where to go to eat. Where in Da, just go to Google Maps and there's always a, a feature for exploration. So it tells you to explore. So you can explore fine dining, outdoor dining, clubs, nightclubs. And then when you click on the location, you can click on photos and see uh, pictures people have uploaded of various establishments, whether it's their food or what the location looks like. You can also check out reviews by people telling you, you know, what their experience was like in those establishments. Um, if you're staying at an Airbnb the day you land, I suggest that you just uh, take some time and go and shop so that you don't have to keep like going to eat out if that's not your cup of tea. So just find out your nearest uh, supermarket and just go and shop for whatever it is that you want to cook, um, that really helps. 
<clears throat> sorry um and then when it comes to un- unpacking your stuff okay i have i have two different moods if i'm staying in a place for a very long time and for me long is 5 days and above i'll unpack my suitcase and what i usually do is just hang everything and what happens is i put my dirty clothes i fold my dirty clothes i pack my dirty clothes every day does that make sense so like today if i had a t-shirt on i'll make sure instead of like dumping it somewhere or like hanging it over the chair i will fold it and pack it in my suitcase so what i usually do i always travel with two suitcases uh two suitcases that i check in and then i have hand luggage and of course my handbag so from the two suitcases i'll choose to have one where i'll store my dirty laundry because me aunt like i'm not gonna do laundry when i'm on holiday except the times when i'm dumb and decide to leave clothes that i shop in another destination that's another tip i'm going to come to but anyway so that's what i usually do so i i'll 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 hang up all my clothes and then every time like all the dirty clothes i put it in one in one suitcase and then when i'm staying somewhere for a short period of time i will live out of that suitcase i know it's not the best but sometimes i can be lazy and it it just works cuz i hate sometimes i hate having to pack everything at one go like just before i have to leave i can't explain it so yeah <clears throat> so i mentioned that thing for i think as africa i don't know if it's africans or it's my parents i don't know we have this thing where we imagine that when you fly to some destination you're gonna shop so much so you'd rather just go if you're going for like 5 days you only go with clothes for 2 days so personally what i do when i pack i pack for i pack two outfits per day a day outfit and a night outfit and then <clears throat> what i usually do if it's somewhere where i think i can shop and this is not something that i i guess this is something that sometimes i try to research whether it's based on stories i've heard from people who've already traveled or things i've heard about the location that i'm going to or if it's places that i've googled at least i'll make sure i have an outfit for every single day that i'm in that country what happened once was that like for example um when i went to new york i really struggled with new york cuz i remember even when i was going to the airport i had to unpack <laughs> some clothes because my mom convinced me that i'm going to go there and find so many clothes so why the hell am i carrying so many clothes so what happened was we went to new york and went to different stores and found that i couldn't find any clothes like barely so i ended up doing laundry uh which was actually very easy cuz i have washing machines and stuff and laundromats but it was quite annoying to be honest and then i went to boston and there was a primark and i nearly like i went insane i went nuts so if you know you're going to a country where there's like a primark uh h&m some zara but mostly primark cuz that's like the budget um thing it's very pocket friendly then i'd advise you not you know advise i'd advise you sorry to pack light um what else oh sorry i was just oh my god i'm at 27 minutes i'm i'm hoping i haven't lost you guys but i'm nearly finished 
uh, when you check into your hotel, make sure they show you where your safe is and put your valuables there. So for me, what I usually keep in the safe is my passport, my wallet, and whatever electronic devices that I have. I always ensure that by the time I'm leaving Kenya, I have padlocks for my suitcases. So I also lock those as well and leave with my key every time I leave my room. So I, it's just, for me, those are just like some safety precautions. Um, something, a very handy tip that my friend Susie taught me was that it's very important to carry your expired passport so that, for example, if you're going out, Many countries want to see ID and it's sometimes it's not really safe to go with your current passport because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you've lost your passport. So carrying your older copy will at least be able to verify who you are and you people will also be able to verify your age and you know you're not at risk carrying your older passport. Kenyan IDs are, are allowed as well, but I think you know the same risk is there that you might lose it in a foreign country. Um, if you're going to an, a non-English speaking country, Google Translate is your friend. Siri is your friend. Those things really come in handy. So anytime someone talks, just switch on your Google Translate and then it should be able to translate it for you. And if you want to respond as well, you know, just speak to your phone and then you can show the person your phone so that they can try and understand what it is that you're trying to say. Um, another top tip is... If shopping is your goal, make sure you research about where to go in advance. And sometimes simple thing like what I told you, just check on Google Maps, explore, and they can show you your nearest malls. Or like, yeah, just find out where the particular mall it is that you want to go to. And then Google it and find out if they have a website so that you can ascertain that the shops that you want to shop at are actually at the mall and have a strategy. Let me tell you, you walk into these foreign malls, you get confused. It's really confusing as fuck because you see the most cutest things, the most amazing things. Like, uh, to be honest, I hate shopping. I won't even lie. I really hate it. These people, their malls are so fucking huge. It's like having like the new Sarit Center or Two Rivers or The Hub but on steroids like it's like a five kilometer walk it's horrible i hate it but sometimes that's one of the main reasons why we're traveling and then there's the whole issue of finding people gifts and stuff like that so for me um what i usually like to do is just to find out okay does this mall have the basics can i find a zara because zara is where i always seem to find um stuff for my folks does it have a Forever 21? Does it have an H&M? Does it have a Primark? Where can I get shoes? Where can I get... So it's like a long process. And then um, make sure you have a list and stick to it. If you're someone who's like very focused and you know what your budget is and you know what it is that you want to shop for, make sure you are there to the list because you don't follow the list, you'll end up spending so much money. Another top tip is... Make sure you know the rate you exchange your money in from your home country. I remember I made this stupid mistake when I landed in Dubai. So I went to Dubai when I had dirhams. And then I, I mean, I went to Dubai with dollars and then I exchanged my dollars for dirhams. So what happened was the first store that I went to, I did my conversions, my currency conversions wrong. So I, I think 
at the time i think the dollar rate was like seven seven one dollar was seven dirhams or something of the sort and i think uh dirhams versus shillings how many dirhams one like one dirham was like 30 shillings so i ended up converting thinking that one dirham is seven shillings and i bought some stupid shit which i have no regrets because part of the stupid shit was this mic that i'm using actually but that confusion really really fucked me up so make sure you know your local currency rate from home don't 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 go with like dollars and then now because that can easily confuse you yeah And then also when you're shopping, just find out. Make sure you're keeping on checking your statements. Um, that's one good thing about roaming. If you have alerts for every time you spend, it'll send you your Kenya shilling, the Kenya shilling amount that's been debited from your account. By debited, I mean deducted from your account. So that's where roaming comes in handy. And then make sure you're always constantly checking your statements so that you don't overspend. Make sure you keep your receipts as well as you shop. And then um, if you have your passport, make sure you ask, depending on the country you travel to, whether they can stamp your receipt for tax refund so that when you go to the airport, you can apply for a tax refund. I'll get to that just now. Um, looking at my list, I think I'm almost done. So I mentioned tax refund. So what usually happens is if they stamp it for you, they're ascertaining that the receipt is valid. And then even in the receipt, they show you um the amount of tax that's been deducted or yeah the amount of tax that's been deducted from your purchase so what usually happens is if when you go to apply for a tax refund at the airport what they'll do is to re- refund the amount of tax that's been deducted the, the, the amount of tax that they've added to your shopping is it added or deducted? Okay, let me give you an example. You buy something for a hundred, a hundred rand, and then they, they add a, uh, they add taxes of twenty rand. So you paid one twenty rand. When you go to the airport, you're asking for a tax refund, so they're gonna give you that twenty rand. Um, <clears throat> so what usually happens is that at the airport they're gonna ask to see the things that you've bought because what you're gonna do is compile all your receipts and you go to them with all your receipts so what usually happens is that um if you don't want to get busted by customs it's good to take off all your receipts and tags from the items that you've purchased a handy tip that i got was that it's when you Cut off the tags of the things that you've bought. Put up together in like an envelope together with your receipts. Because quote unquote, what you're actually doing is trying to evade tax. So if you cut off the receipts, if you cut off the tags, sorry, um, they'll want to know, you know, they'll want to see what you've bought. So just be clever about it. You can re- you can maintain the tags or you can remove the tags if you're trying to be sly. But yeah, just keep the tags just in case um, because you don't want to get yourself into any trouble or find yourself getting arrested for tax evasion. I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, When it comes to nightlife, if you go to a new country and let's say you don't really know anybody, but you want to go out and have fun, uh, I suggest um, one, log on to Facebook and find out events happening near you. 
I made the mistake of not doing this before I traveled. So what happened was immediately I, I landed into Cape Town. I checked events happening near me and I saw this wonderful concert that was happening the day that I was leaving. And I was heartbroken because I couldn't attend and my FOMO was so, so bad. So make sure you do this early. Just know if you're going to any country, just search for events happening during the duration of your stay. Um, I told you about Google Maps. You can also ask your cab drivers. You can find out from the hotel. By the way, hotels are very handy. They can give you tips and brochures and, and suggestions of fun stuff to do while you're staying in that particular country. So also don't uh, miss out on that. Um, finally, I think it's time for me to wrap this up. Uh, when you're leaving a foreign country make sure that i mentioned you lock your lock your luggage with a padlock and then for extra precautions wrap it wrap it with the saran wrap at the airport i noticed when i went to uh the first time i went to cape town actually i just went with my suitcases uh locked with the padlocks and then what happened was they broke my suitcase so once, at least when, when, you're, when your luggage is wrapped, it's very difficult for anyone to tamper with it, one. Though they say that sometimes um, your luggage can be mishandled because of the saran wrap. But yeah, that's, I guess, the risk that you have to take. But most of your stuff will, will definitely stay intact because of saran wrap. And then the second thing, the second good thing about wrapping your luggage is that when you get to customs and you land, they'll most probably not stop you because they... They do not want to take up the task of getting you to unwrap your luggage unless you're carrying uh, weapons. And you know that list of things that they usually tell you you don't have in your luggage. If you're carrying any of those, they'll definitely tell you to unwrap your wrapping and then, you know, open your luggage. So, yeah, I think that's a top tip from me. And then lastly, when you're going through customs, make sure you're super confident. One of the tips that I got was don't put your luggage in a trolley. Just carry carry your luggage, look all nonchalant, maintain our eye contact, smile, and most probably they will not stop you. So yeah, I think that's it. I think I've covered most of it. Uh, lastly, I think that I like to do if you're if you're uh, giving everyone a play by play of your holiday on Instagram stories. It's always clever to create a highlight so that uh, when someone comes to your profile they can see highlights of your travels. So I thought that was really handy so that every time you're posting a story, you make sure that you're adding it to a highlight and you don't lose that moment. Like, cause you know, everyone knows that an Insta story is, um, an Insta story is only for 24 hours. So when you have it on your highlights, everybody can see it and you lose, you know, you don't use, you don't lose that memory forever. Um, so yeah, I think those are my top tips. I, Hope this will help you in planning your next holiday. I'm terribly sorry for taking forever for this post, but it was something for this episode, but it was something that I thought was really cool and I really wanted to just share my experiences with you guys. And once again, thank you so much for still staying with me through this journey. I can't wait for us to be celebrating episode 100. Uh, this week was Africa Podcast Day, so which was quite exciting. So big up to all the Africans out there who are getting their voice heard and creating content regularly and consistently.
so take care guys bye